Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four, week three edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Ryan Fox, Kenny Heath here with you. And Kenny, how you doing today? Doing good, man. Uh, ready for week two, or, or if you count week zero, I guess week two, week three. Uh, got some good games coming up. Had some good games last week. Uh, we're starting to get in full swing of the season. Yeah, we are in that point where we're up and running here and the Texas high school football season. And a lot of good games to cover this week, uh, and we'll we'll get to those in just a moment. But we'll start off, as we do every week, with our Matt Stepp Texas High School Football Insider Question of the Week. And for this week, the question was, several greater Super Centex region programs are expected to be district championships. Some of them have gotten off to a rough start in the season. Which team do you think will be just fine heading into district play here in the coming weeks and which one do you think might be in trouble and steps answer was i think marlin will be fine they've struggled early and part of that is the schedule they've taken on once the bulldogs get into district play they will settle in and finish no worse than second i am concerned about little river academy the slow start combined with a really tough district has me thinking Missing the playoffs is a real possibility if they don't get things turned around. And I agree with both of both of those teams. Yeah, and I think our preview, I don't know about you, but I had Little River finish ahead of Lorena yes. in their district. And it's just looks like, uh, you know, it's going to be a Franklin, Cameron Yo, and then who else is going to sell out third and fourth. So it's uh, really surprising. Well, Academy, they played a couple of tough teams. I mean, going into the Rodgers game in week one, you know, we had a lot of questions for Rodgers. They only brought back five starters from last year's quarterfinal team. And then they just came out and, you know, stunned Little River Academy, quite frankly, taking a 29-23 win. And then again, Academy last week, they played a... Uh, 4A team in Lago Vista and only lost by 14. So I think Academy will be one of those teams that may slightly improve week by week. But I agree, there are a lot of questions on them right now. As far as Marlin is concerned, I mean, again, they've played they played Mart last week, and yeah. you know, uh, and that's a game that got moved from from Marlin to Mart and moved from a Friday to a Thursday. So there's a lot they had to overcome. And, you know, I agree with Matt there. I think Marlin will be just fine. Yeah, they've got the talent for sure. And yes. going back to Little River, they've got all the pieces too. They returned mm -hmm. the house. And, you know, they may not finish second. They may not finish third. But I think they're going to be a playoff team. And uh, I agree. they'll be fine. Well. And uh, also, before we get to our week three preview, uh, Kenny was able to have a sit-down interview with Jack Allen from KXXV Channel 25 in Waco, Texas. We'll have that for you here right now. Okay, I'm here with Jack Allen, sports director for KXXV Channel 25 out of Waco. Jack, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm hanging in there. It's football season, so I can't complain. Yeah, I bet you're busy. A lot of traveling. Oh yeah, putting in lots of miles on the road, listening to listening to podcasts like yours, you know, and just enjoying enjoying the fact that football's back. Well, I know we appreciate you listening. So last week, man, we had several great games. Uh, which ones kind of stuck out to you? Well, I mean, I think it starts it starts with that La Vega Connolly game. That was our game of the week uh, on Channel Twenty Five, and. 
it was a crazy finish. I was there for a little bit of it. It was an awesome atmosphere. Anytime that those two schools play in anything, whether it's football, basketball, or tiddlywinks, there's going to be a good crowd that shows up. And um, the game delivered. Connolly scored a touchdown with less than 20 seconds left, won the game by one, and kind of proved that they are a team to beat in 4A Division Two. Uh, and there were a lot of question marks about them coming in. They blew out Mejia week one, and they kind of stepped up to the plate and answered those questions. So that one really stood out. And then I was also, I had the pleasure of going to uh, West Lorena game. And... Um, Look, Wes looked the part of a challenger there in 3A Division One. Uh, they took Lorena to the wire. I think the Leopards scored a touchdown with less than three minutes left to finally uh, pull ahead at the end of that game. But the atmosphere there was incredible, and, and the West defense really, really looked good there in that game. Yeah, I got to see highlights of both those games, and uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Now, one thing... Going back to La Vega Connolly, man, you got probably three of the best players in Central Texas on that field with Bryson Rowland at La Vega. Then I've been really impressed with Jelani McDonald. He can get it done on both sides of the field. And of course, you got the big defensive back, Mr. Black, for Connolly. So is the hype real? I mean, Bryson Rowland looks like he's probably the best running back in Central Texas. And Jelani McDonald, he might be pound for pound the best player in Central Texas. Well, that's yeah. Anytime you, you go out to those to those Connolly games, it just it stands out very quickly how athletic they are. You know, at quarterback, Jelani is just incredible, but he's also a really good safety. Um, you know, Black out there at quarterback and, and receiver is, is a playmaker, and they've got you know a couple other guys, Kiefer Sibley, you know, out there that makes plays. It, it was very interesting talking to Don Hyde, the coach at La Vega, before the game because he was you know his thing with coming into it was like they may have the best athletes on the field but his hope was that la vega had the best 11 and so that was kind of the question for Connolly coming in was you knew they had the athletes you knew they had the star power but the question was did they have the 11 guys on the field to be able to compete with a team like la vega and to watch the way that they were able to kind of stand up and, and play in the in the trenches and also just the way Jelani was able to take over the game, especially late, was was very impressive and definitely a statement from them. Yeah, I bet that was a fun one to watch. And Wes, you know, they're always going to have – Coach Woodward, I mean, he just – he's never down. They're, they've always – they're going to have good defense and they're going to run the ball just about every year. Yeah, and, and, you know, the question was could they stop Jaden Porter and, you know – I think I was there for the first quarter, and they forced three turnovers from Lorena, including a pick six. And so um, I was expecting Jaden Porter, that star receiver for Lorena, to be able to kind of get some separation. They were using him at running back a little bit early, just trying to get the ball in his hands. I thought he was going to take over. Um, but that West defense was just stout uh, throughout. And, you know, I, I thought they would make the game of it. They did. I thought they might be able to pull it out. Um, they were the more impressive team there in the first half, um, but just didn't quite have enough gas to get over the finish line. Yeah, that looked like it was a good one over there. So this week coming up, we got a, a few good ones. Up Temple goes down and plays a ranked college station team. I like the Dawson-Axtell matchup, those two teams. Uh, what are you looking for this week? 
But it's our game of the week this week is going to be College Station Temple. Um, you've got a ranked Temple team, a ranked College Station team, you know, 5A, 6A matchup. Um, it lost a little bit of its luster down in uh, College Station. Uh, Marquise Collins, who's there, um, big name running back who's committed to Duke. He announced at the beginning of the year, like a week before the season started, that he's out with an injury for the season. And so that took a little bit of the luster off of this game because I was really looking forward to him taking on Temple has this linebacker, Torian York, who is incredible. He's a Baylor commit. Um, And so I was really looking forward to the two of them kind of squaring off in a chess match. But either way, this will be a really good barometer for both of those teams to see how good they are. And I'm also looking forward to Connolly Cameron Yo. Yes. Um, Because Cameron, in these first two weeks, has scored, I, I think, 140 points or something like that combined over the first two weeks against what should be good competition. I don't know too much about Lago and Yoakum, but um, that was not what I was expecting. I thought that Cameron might take a step back this year. They lost quite a few key pieces from their offense a year ago, but through two weeks, they have made statement after statement. And now they play against that Connolly team we've been talking about. And I'm very interest, interested to see how they stack up against a team that we know at this point in the season is very good in Connolly. Yeah, that ought to be a good one. Uh, looking forward to those. Jack, we appreciate you uh, stepping on here with us, man. And hopefully we'll talk to you uh, on down the road. For sure. It's always good to talk to you, man. And that was Kenny's interview with Jack Allen over at KXXV Channel 25 in Waco. We appreciate him for joining us today. And also, further down the line, we will also have visits with Lake Belton head coach Brian Cope and then the head coach of the Marlin Bulldogs, Coach Ruben Torres. That's coming up down the line. But first off, let's get to our game previews. And we will start off heavy here with probably the game of the week in Central Texas. 2-0 Waco Connolly against the 2-0 Cameron Yo Yeoman. And Kenny, looking at this game, these are both teams with very, very strong offenses. I mean, you look at Cameron, they haven't scored less than 60 in a game. I know we're only in week three, but I mean, scoring 60-plus in two games is very impressive. Yeah, you got two teams here that are just rolling, you know, coming off a – Conley's coming off one of the biggest wins they've had in a while over mm-hmm. La Vega. Uh, and I'll say it again, Jelani McDonald, dude, he's probably one of the pound-for-pound best Stunned. players in the area. He goes off for 184 yards and three touchdowns against La Vega, mm-hmm. who's known for their run defense. Mm-hmm. And he also chips in a touchdown pass, 61 yards, and he gets four tackles and a sack. I mean, looking back at that game, Conley went into La Vega, a hostile t- territory and it's on its own and then you factor in you know that it's a rivalry game the two teams that are very familiar with each other that do not like each other by any means and then Connolly just goes in there and gets the job done they had to do it in comeback fashion but they they took it by one over La Vega and a very impressive victory yeah and you know yo they're headed out to Cameron they ran the ball really well last week uh Kadarius Bradley he had 237 yards and four touchdowns uh, Drake didn't throw the ball much, but the first uh, week one, he threw for 275 yards. So he has the ability to throw the ball and uh, get it to his playmakers out there on the field. It's going to be interesting. I got, you know, a uh, a really good Conley defense going against this rush pass uh, combo from uh, Cameron. It's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see how this turns out. So honestly, looking at this game with how 
heavy both offenses are rolling right now, I think this will undoubtedly be a shootout. I I have I have it being high scoring, and I, I have Connolly winning 45-38. What about you? Yeah, I've got Connolly getting the edge. Just, you know, they're bigger, probably have more depth, yes. probably a little bit more speed, and that's hard to – you know, you rarely say that when you're talking about Cameron Yo, but I think – the, one of the keys is can Yo stop McDonald and Sidley because they're going to get there. I mean, they've rushed for almost uh, 300 yards, right at 300 yards together. Uh, Sidley's a good little running back. And then on defense, you got Kobe Black who chipped in last week with six tackles and interception. So, uh, yeah, the Yo run game versus Conley D. You know, they've run the ball a lot uh, last week, so maybe they can get something going in the run game. Yes, I mean, and you look at Cameron's defense has been just fine too. I mean – uh, of course, their offense, they scored 71 against Laga Vista and then against 62 last week against Yoakum. But their defense has been just fine, too. I mean, the 28 points given up against Yoakum, which is a powerhouse in themselves, is really not bad, especially when you have the offense to complement it. Um, you know, again, shootout, and I, I guess both of us have Connolly here. But, I mean, I, I won't be surprised if Cameron wins this either. Then here for our second game, we will have the Axtell Longhorns against the Dawson Bulldogs. And uh, Kenny, you know, we were talking about it earlier, Axtell, well, again, this game got moved to Thursday. The Axtell game got moved to last Thursday as well. And they got up 6 uh, nothing with four, four minutes into the game. And then they got called for a lightning delay, and they never got back onto the field. So this will... You know, knock on wood, weather permitting, this will be Axel's first full game since the season opener. Yeah, and I think Coach Horn would probably like to play a little bit more than four minutes last week. Uh, he's moved his uh, – Colton Horn is now the quarterback. And uh, a couple of years ago at one time he told me that Colton was the best athlete in the family. If you know Coach Horn, you know his other son was a 2A player of the year a couple of years ago. So that's saying something. And, uh, man, they got – they got a tall test this week because Dawson has a, a freshman quarterback that can sling it, mm. Mr. Boatwright, a really good wide receiver in the Haston Easley. Uh, it's not going to be easy for the Longhorns. I mean, Dawson is absolutely no slouch. They're 2-0 and coming into this game. They've scored 40-plus points in both their games so far. They won by 11 against uh, Rao Vista and then won 40-14 to against Jewett Leon last week. So, you know, again – not a slouch whatsoever, but, you know, and then looking at the the only full game that Axel's played, they put up 40 in their season opener against Moody. So these are both teams that absolutely have no problem, you know, scoring the football. And both their defenses have been solid as well. So I think this would be actually a pretty even matchup that could go either way. Yeah, I think can the Axel secondary slow down the Dawson passing attack because they've proven they can sling the ball over. And if you're Dawson, you're like, we're going to concentrate on Horn. And that he's returned kicks for touchdowns. He, he kind of does it all. So, if you're Dawson, you're like, hey, we need to get a guy on horn and uh, slow that guy down. And then, so, I have – I have uh, actually, I'll go with you first. Have you let you have a turn. Who do you have winning this I one? got Axel by 10. I have Axel by 8. So, we're even there. And so, let's move on to our third game of the week three previews. We have the Salado Eagles on the road against the Malakoff Tigers. Malakoff coming off a – war-hardened battle against Grandview. You know, two teams that definitely are not strangers <laughs> to each other. They seems like they've played each other 20 times in the last three years. But uh, they they hosted Grandview last week and dropped a loss 21-17. to 17. Although, I mean, 
Granby's a region re, region favorite in most people's eyes. I mean, our region too. So, I mean, there's no shame in a four-point loss to the Zebras. Yeah, because you got Mount Vernon, Grandview, Malakoff. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of in the mix for that region uh, title. Uh, Salado, man, Coach Westerberg has – I was really surprised because they changed that whole scheme. Completely. From the run game to this spread offense. And uh, quarterback Luke Law last week, 21 for 36, 357, four touchdowns. Not too bad. And then uh, Seth Revis, he goes for almost 200 yards and two touchdowns receiving. So this is a really high-powered offense going against a pretty good defense that held Grandview mm-hmm. to 21. One of them was a punt return or a kick return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So this will be fun to see how Malakoff's defense can stifle that uh, that high-powered Salado offense. And looking at Salado, again, to your point, they've had no problem adjusting to the spread offense. They put up, uh, I believe, 56 points in their opener opening win against Fredericksburg and then put up 38 in their win against Brian Rudder last week. So, you know, this offense is very high-flying. And then, I mean, again, to your point, that's a really good matchup because Malakoff's defense is really good. And, you know, again, you said Grandview's – one of their touchdowns was on – a punt return. So, really, Malakoff's defense has only given up three touchdowns. So, they would have given up two in the 21-17 loss to Grandview. And they only gave up one touchdown in their week one win against West Rusk, another uh, state-ranked team at the time in which they won 28-7. to So, again, looking at both teams' competition, I think Malakoff has not easily, but slightly had better competition because both of their opponents have been state-ranked and very good. And and just for that, I got I got Malakoff taking this one by one score. Oh man, I'm seeing a trend here, and I don't know if I'm just now noticing it, but man, these teams are scheduling some rough pre-district. Uh, you know, Slato played five AD two Rudder last week. Mm-hmm. Malakoff's going up to four AD one to play uh, Salado, uh, and they scheduled a top ten team in Grandview, which they've been doing that for a while. Uh, man, I think Salado just edges out Malakoff by, by field goal. It'll be an amazing game. And to your point about these tough pre-district schedules, it is the trend. Everyone seems to be doing it. You know, we're kind of seem to be going out of the days to where you schedule easy teams to get you know, start off 2-0, 3-0, heading into district play. Because people have started to realize that if you play those tough games, it doesn't fully prepare you for district and eventually the playoffs. Because to, to make deep playoff runs and – the only way you can get better as a football team is if you play good teams. So it, it's nice to see schools, you know, taking that into account, and they're just making up for amazing matchups, uh, you know, across classifications with this 4A Salado and 3A Malakoff. I, I think it's going to be a great game. Then our fourth game will be the Little River Academy Bumblebees will be taking on the Hillsboro Eagles. And, uh, Kenny, we, we saw a little bit of Hillsborough last week here at home against the Whitney Wildcats. And they kind of had – they started off strong in week one against McGregor, and then they just couldn't seem to get anything going against Whitney last week. You know, and Academy themselves, they come into this game 0-2, but they've played two pretty tough opponents in their own right. So, you know, it's just – when you take that into account, it's just what can – what will – take over in this game because well, Academy has probably played a little bit stiffer competition but you know Hillsboro they were just you know both sides of the coin you know winning big week one and then just losing big week two it's just who's going to be able to step up in this game yeah I think both these teams they really need to get something going you know Hillsboro mm-hmm. like you said come off that big victory over McGregor week one and came to Whitney and man 
uh, Whitney just ran the ball right down her throat. And uh, I was kind of surprised the Whitney defense played good. I thought – I really thought Hillsborough would come out and try to throw the ball deep, try to stretch the field. If you're looking at tape from last week when, uh, you know, Troy kind of – a non-throwing team, maybe they surprised Whitney. But they hit a few long passes on them. Little River, they've got the pieces like we talked earlier. They've got the Mraz at quarterback, Scott Brazil at wide receiver. I think they're going to get it going. Uh, so. You know, this Eagles secondary is is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And they, they're going to have a test against Little River because they're going to throw the ball around. And then uh, I think, can Hillsborough run the ball against LRA? I think they want to run the ball. They want to they run that zone read. They want Austin Cook to have, you know, eight or nine carries a game. They want that uh, – you know, they want Brooks and Emory to carry the ball a lot. And I think that's two of the keys. You know, can the Eagles secondary, how they're going to fare against Little River and how the uh, the Eagle offense is going to run the ball. That I mean, that that's probably my biggest question for Little River Academy because, you know, defensively, they just haven't been able to do very much. They gave up 43 last week to Lago Vista, and they gave up 29 in their opening loss to Rogers. So that's my biggest question is can their defense make an adjustment against a very, very athletic Hillsborough team that's going to try to run the ball or actually they're pretty even. They'll try to run run and pass. But, you know, I think although Academy has some more questions, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I got them taking this one. But, you know, again, if if their defense is comes into this game and gives up, you know, 28, 30 plus points, and they could be in trouble when district play comes around. So, yeah, uh, you said you had Hillsborough in this game or Academy? I don't know who I got in this game. This is it's a tough. close pick em. Uh It's at Hillsborough. I'm going to go Hillsborough by a point. I have Academy taking this one. I think despite all the questions they have on defense, I think their offense will be good enough. This, I mean, again, this this game could be a shootout. So, But I, I, I'm going to take Academy in this one on the road. And then our fifth and final game for the Week 3 preview, we have the Lexington Eagles on the road against the Rockdale Tigers. And uh, Kenny, looking at this game, Lexington comes in the game at 2-0 with two solid wins. And then Rockdale, they got a solid win in Week 1 against, against Teague. But then last week, they just defensively, they just came out of nowhere and just could not stop the Taylor Ducks and a 55-41 loss in which Taylor put up 637 yards of total offense against Rockdale. 376 of that was on the ground. Yeah, Rockdale is going to have to fix that defense. They give up a lot of points, um, and it's not going to get easier this week when with Lexington coming to town. Case Evans threw for 322 last week and five touchdowns, and they got a good receiver and Mr. Washington, 183 for three touchdowns. And Lexington's got a good run defense, so – this will be uh, – I, I mean, Rockdale can throw the ball around, uh, but I just don't don't think they're going to be able to do it well against Lexington. So, again, I think Lex- Lexington's played very solid coming in 2-0, and I think, I think they're more established as a team right now than Rockdale is. I think Rockdale's still trying to figure some things out. So, that being said, who do you have in this game? I think I'll – I'm going to go with Lexington. Uh, I think Barkak, dude, he's a good little quarterback. 200 yards and three touchdowns last week. He rushed for 151 and another two. So I think they're going to score some points, and it'll probably be another shootout-type game. Mm -hmm. But I just think Lexington probably edges them out in the end. I agree. I have Lexington by 14 in this one. 
And then our sixth and final preview game for week three, we'll have the Marlin Bulldogs and the Grosbeck Goats here in this one. And uh, we were talking about it earlier. Marlin has started off 0-2, which I don't think a lot of people expected, especially Marlin coming in as a ranked team in 2A Division One. They definitely didn't expect to start 0-2. But they've had some injuries. They've had a couple injuries, especially last week against Mart. They just weren't able to stay healthy in that 41-6 loss to the Panthers. And then, again, looking at Grosbeck, they're a team that's, like we said earlier about Lexington, they're a bit more established. They have more returning, including their senior quarterback, uh, Alan Lewis, and his his brother, the, the receiver Anthony Lewis, back there as well. A very dangerous offense. And, um, you know, who do you have in this one, Kenny? Well, you think eventually Marlon's going to get Butler and Lofton and Woodson going. You know, it's just they're too talented not to, to start making plays. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have their quarterback this game or not. Uh, you look at Grossbeck, like you said, Allen, you know, I think this is he's going to be a four-year starter for yes. Coach Bomar. Uh, he had four touchdowns last week. I think they were all rushing the ball. Uh, and don't forget about Chris Cox. He went for 21 and 226 running the ball last week. Uh this is another close one. You know, Marlon beat McGregor by two scores last week. You kind of would – I mean, uh, Grossbeck, yeah, Grossbeck beat McGregor by two scores. I got Grossbeck maybe edging them out. I think, I think I'm with you. This is like a, co- a coin toss kind of game because Marlon definitely has the talent, but with the, those injuries plaguing them right now, I just – it's just hard to see if they can get anything going. And – uh, again, uh, and we'll we'll talk with Coach Torres following this preview, and you know he'll he'll tell you that you know he thinks his players are trying to do too much, and they need to try to find more of a team identity, especially with losing these starting players, including their quarterback. You know, um, I'm with you. I think Grosbeck hosting this one, and you know, probably more healthy, and again, a little bit more established. I I'll take. And they're Gros- they're a bigger school. You know, yes, they're, up they're two, full two classification. Yeah, full classification, bigger. And they're hosting. I'll, I'll take Grosbeck by one score on this one. And then before we move on to our week three pickums, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Marlin Bulldogs, Coach Ruben Torres, and we'll have that for you right now. Okay, I'm here with Coach Torres of the Marlin Bulldogs. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Coach, uh, let's go back to the first of the year when the new districts came out and you started building this schedule. Man, you you put teams on there that are two classifications higher than you. You you, you uh, got a a two A powerhouse in Mark. Uh, I guess you kind of knew it was a possibility that you could start out zero two because you're facing this toughest competition, this tough competition. So how come Monday morning? How do you talk to your team? Are you trying to get their confidence back, or is it just business as normal? And we got a task at hand with Grossbeck, and we need to get to work. Yeah, you know. It- the biggest thing was we we knew as coaches that um, you know we, we were going to schedule up, and that was for for a number of reasons. You know, one being that I felt like we needed to play teams early that were going to help us get ready for for a tough district and, and for the playoffs. Uh, you know, obviously injuries is something that you can predict. So uh, we've definitely had our fair share of those and, and trying to get guys back. But, you know, I don't think our kids' confidence has wavered. I think they, I think they really t- 
try to do too much and that's kind of caused us some issues and so Monday was really like let's get back to being who we are you know find our identity I feel like right now uh, the first two games we've been searching for an identity and I think that's part of uh, us as coaches pressing a little as well as our kids so we had a great Monday morning practice on Labor Day and, and hopefully we can build off of that one uh, today. So going back to you know you and you you kind of referred to it in your in your answer. So you know you you booked this schedule this way, and it's kind of a process to get your team ready for district, get ready for the Crawfords and the in, in the playoffs, right? That's correct, without question. Um, you know, I felt like we have enough guys. We had a good enough mixture of um, you know seniors and and returning players with experience. That, uh, that we would be able to handle this and, and, you know, get through it and learn from it and get better. And so that, that was definitely the whole idea behind it. So you got uh, Grossbeck this week. What do you expect out of Coach Bomar and his guys? Well, you know, I think, you know, number one, Grossbeck, uh, just like Mark, you know, these are programs. And that's what and that's what we're trying to become. We're trying to become a program. Uh, last Thursday before the varsity game, uh, we fielded a JV team, which we hadn't we hadn't had in some time here in Marlin. And so, as you look at these rosters, you know we're going out there with five to six seniors playing teams with fourteen to eighteen seniors, and that's the sign of a program. Uh, Coach Bomar. Um, you know, his reputation, his success speaks for itself. You know, you're going to get a very uh, well-coached team out there that's explosive on offense. Um, you know, they play good, solid defense. You know, their quarterback is a really good player. It kind of makes the whole thing go. I was real impressed with their uh, their tight end and their left tackle. So they've got some pieces. Um, they execute very, very well and efficiently. And, um, and again, it's just, you know, one of the things that we preach in our program here is about being disciplined and winning with discipline. And so when you play the Marks and the Grosbecks, um, that's what you get is you get disciplined football. And it's important for our kids to see that. It's important for them to go out there and compete against that. And, um, you know, and for us as coaches as well. But, you know, Grosbeck is a... You know, just just like everything that we scheduled, you know, it's no, no, there's no walk in the park. I mean, we we knew that this was going to be uh, a very challenging uh, pre district schedule, and and you know, we look forward to it. I mean, I don't think our kids have backed down one bit. Coach, we appreciate you hopping on here. We wish you luck Friday night and the rest of the season, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll have you back on around playoff time. Oh, all right, I appreciate you guys. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Marlin Bulldogs, Coach Ruben Torres. And that'll take us now to our week three pick'ems, where uh, we're just talking about it. What are the standings after week two, Kenny? Well, if my math is correct, we'll go uh, Ryan has 29. Hmm. Jay has 31, and Kenny has 26. So, Jay, the uh, man of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, he's in first place. Probably no surprise there. But now we will head into our week three pick'ems, and we'll start with uh, Huntsville at Belton. Uh, who do you have in this one? 
I got Huntsville. I have Huntsville as well. What does Jay say on the matter? He's got Huntsville as well. Then our next game will be Dawson at Axtell, one of the games we touched on earlier. I'm going to stick with my gut and go with Axtell. Uh, Axtell for me and Axtell for Mr. Black. Then another game we covered earlier. The last few, the first few games of this will be what we've covered. Lexington at Rockdale. I got Lexington. Lexington for me and Rock for Jay. Academy at Hillsboro. What do you got in this one? I got Hillsboro. Uh, Mr. Black has LRA. I have Academy as well. Connolly at Yo. I'll again. I'll, I'll take Connolly in a in a t- uh, close game here. Yeah, uh, I'm going Connolly as well. What does uh, Jay have? In he this has one? Conley too. Sorry, Con- I got I got lost on that's that. okay. Uh, sheet. Salado at Malakoff. I'll take Malakoff. Uh, I got Salado. Mister Black has Malakoff. Marlin at Grosbeck. Again, another toss up for me. I'll probably go with Grosbeck. As so will the rest of us. Lake, or oh, we'll get to that later. Sorry, Temple at College Station. I'll take the Temple Wildcats on the road. I got Temple, and uh, Mr. Black has Temple as well. Uh, this is a Thursday game being played tomorrow night from this recording. Granberry at Waco High. Who do you have in this one? I got Granberry. I'll take Granberry as well. And because for those who don't know, uh, Waco High did lose their quarterback. To an injury. I'm not sure the extent of the injury. I don't think it's season ending, but he will not be playing this week. And Granberry comes into the game 2 0, so I'll give the side edge to the Pirates. What does Jay say? He has uh, Waco High. Bosqueville at Clifton. I'll take Clifton at home in this one. Clifton across the board. Gatesville at McGregor. I'll take the Hornets of Gatesville. I got Gatesville, and so is Mr. Black. And a really good game here. La Vega at Midlothian Heritage. Who do you got in this one? I got La Vega, and Mr. Black does as well. I also have La Vega, and then we'll have Midlothian High at Colleen Shoemaker. I'll take Midlothian on the road in this one. I got Midlo, and Mr. Black does too. And then now the game I'll be covering on Friday night, Fort Worth Arlington Heights will travel to Waco ISD Stadium to take on the University Trojans. I'll take the Trojans in a very tight one. I have Arlington Heights, and Mr. Black has University. Then we got Hubbard at Moody. I think I think the Bearcats will take this one at home. I've got Moody, and Mr. Black has Moody. Then second to last game, we'll have the Rogers Eagles going to Troy to take on the Trojans. I'll take the Eagles on the road. Yeah, Rogers across the board. And then our final game from the Pickham, and again we'll probably touch base a little bit on here. It will be. Uh, Lake Belton at Red Oak, and again, this is a nine-team district, so this is uh, the district opener for both these teams. And Lake Belton will be on the road. They come in two and zero, and this one in Red Oak is two and zero themselves. Again, two very talented programs. Lake Belton's still trying to make a name for himself, but they've been impressive up to this point. Yeah, and they just uh, we and we we cover it when we talk to Coach Cope. They're just man, they're loaded, you know, on defense, offense, of course. Hudson is a stud. You know, Connor Cruz is a great quarterback. Yes. Uh, Wilcox on the on the defensive side. Uh, yeah, they're. I'm just. I'm excited. Every game they play, you know, I just think they got a chance to to win a region. You know. Absolutely. I mean, they're very talented across the board. To your point, I mean, especially on defense. You know, it's their first year first year of UIL district play, and they've just not even just on defense, but both sides of the ball. They've just been, you know. 
hitting on all cylinders for a new program. It's, it's not often you see a brand new program just storm out the gates like this entering UIL play, so it's been very impressive for them to see. I think Lake Belton gets their first UIL district win on the road this week against Red Oak. What say y'all? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we talked with Greg Willie from Temple Belton Sports last week, and, you know, and I was guilty of it. That people like, oh, this, this team is inexperienced. Well, you know, they're really not. They've been no. playing together. This is their third, fourth year to play together. And they've only lost one game yep. in that three-year span. So, so that, that says a lot. Those guys get to play together, grow together, and uh, it's reaping benefits right now. Yes, absolutely. So in this one, so you, we all have Lake Belton across the board. Is yes, that correct? Lake Belton across the board. And then now with this game, we were able to sit down and have a conversation with the head coach of the Lake Belton Broncos, Coach Brian Cope. We'll have that for you right now. Okay, I'm here with Brian Cope, the head football coach of the Lake Belton Broncos. How you doing, Coach? Man, I'm doing great. We just scored to tie up a seventh grade B team football game uh, here at Bronco Field, and man, it's a uh, it's a blast being a Bronco right now. I bet so. Hey, before we we uh, get on the start of your season, uh, I want to ask you. So, how you were the offensive coordinator at Belton High before you got this job? So, how how was it to be able? How did it feel to be able to build a program kind of from the ground up? And you were kind of already familiar with everybody you were working with as a superintendent and stuff like that. How did that process go? Yeah, you know, it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun from January in 2020 uh, when I got the opportunity of a lifetime and haven't looked back since. Um, it, you know, just thankful for the administration. Jill Ross, our principal, you know, she and I worked together over at the old high school. Um, and then Sam Skidmore was my boss as the head coach uh, when I was the OC. Um, so just familiar with, with working together, um, which I think has made a really good transition um, in building this. And, man, we've hit the ground running from day one and, and haven't looked back. And, man, just thankful for a great group of kids and coaches and community that, that, that make this program go. Speaking of your great group of kids, you started off 2-0 this year. You beat Ralph's. Uh, Buddha Johnson, you've got some studs on offense, and Connor Cruz and Micah Hudson. Hey, you also got some good dudes over there on defense, and uh, Javion Wilcox. Tell us about those guys. You know, um, we're gonna we're gonna start this program with defense. That's ironic to say, me being an offensive coordinator for nine years um, before we, I, I came over here. Um, but man, we're gonna lead with defense, and it, it starts with JV on Wilcox uh, at safety. Tory Mallard and Peanut Brazel are doing a great job back there as well. Um, Connor Brennan uh, has done a really really good job at linebacker, and then Adam Walden's nose guard has just kind of led uh, led that defensive front. Him and Evan Rowland. Uh, Keontae Williams and so and then our outside linebackers and Ty Legg and Manny Herrera have been really really good um, for us and uh, really just anytime you can play good defense you give yourself an offensive uh, your offensive chance so you got Red Oak uh, coming up uh, what do you expect out of those guys uh, a lot of speed um, you know uh, they're very talented in the receiving core. Their quarterback is very, very good as well. Um, and so, I, you know, Chad Williams, the sophomore, Warren Roberson, the, the senior receiver um, that plays DB as well that I'm assuming is going to cover Mike. Uh, man, it's going to be a big, big challenge and a big test. 
And uh, but you know what? That's that's why you you work and, and put in the time at elite camp and in the off season, and and that's why you scrimmage good people in midway, middle league. Uh, Rouse was top ten preseason. Buddha Johnson was a playoff team last year. Um, so we've played tough opponents to try to get ready for this opportunity. Uh, 19 districts, so there's not a, a lot of wiggle room. Um, but it's good when you return you know, 22 starters that <laughs> yeah. have been in tough games as well. So, uh, so we, you know what, we just hope to try to do our very best on Friday night and, and uh, hopefully that ball bounces the right way. Absolutely. Coach, we appreciate your time. Good luck uh, Friday night and the rest of the season. Hopefully we get to visit with you uh, sometimes around the playoffs. Yeah, no, no problem at all, man. I, I listened to your, your podcast to start, which, I mean, y'all do a great job. And so, man, I, I'm, I'm honored to be on this, uh, this podcast, and y'all keep up the great work for Central Texas. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Lake Belton Broncos, Coach Brian Cup. And that'll do it for us. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Episode 4 Week 3 preview of the Central Texas Football Podcast. And again, you know, we're still growing. We really appreciate you guys continuing to tune in and listen, listening to us act like we know what we're talking about. We really appreciate it. And, you know, Kenny, it's, it's been a fun ride up to this point. Yeah, uh, you know, we just kind of spitballed this summer about doing this, and then mm-hmm. I think I kind of forgot about it, and you called me and said, hey, dude, are we going to do this? And I was like, heck yeah. And, uh, yeah, get out there on social media, share. You know, we, we have a Twitter page. Uh, rate us on uh, Spotify or An Apple Podcasts. Apple well. Podcasts. Uh, we'd appreciate it, and uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, y'all be safe traveling this week. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Continue to tune in and spread the word. It'll help us out really a lot, and we really appreciate you guys tuning in once again and that'll do it for us my name is ryan fox and for kenny heath we say goodbye to everyone and enjoy week three of the texas high school football season